Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, mama! Trent Condon. Score! This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Good morning and welcome in. Miller and Condon on the air with you on a Wednesday as we talk the world of sports. Take it up until 1 o'clock here this afternoon. An action-packed show coming up for you today. Running solo, but Ken Miller checking in once again to kick things off here as he is on the road home, coming back to Iowa, making his way through Arizona. We will talk with Ken here coming up in just a moment. On the BMW Des Moines guest list after Ken, it will be our man, Talking college football and putting a cap on the season, Bill Bender will stop by. We'll talk to Bill about everything that he saw as he was in Houston, now back home in Ohio. We'll break down the national championship and take a look forward to the upcoming season in college football. 11.55, Mitch Holtis will drop in. Just a quick hit from Mitch with their move to Saturday. Mitch will not be available to join us live, but did send along a recorded piece as he'll be talking to Andy Reid during our normal time today. But we'll hear from Mitch coming up here at about 11.55. Then the 12 o'clock hour begins. Talking MVC hoops with Adam Emenecker. Games tonight for both Drake and you and I, the Panthers, and the Bulldogs in action in MVC play. Both teams coming off of losses over the weekend. Drake gets number one Indiana State coming in. The top team in the MVC. Drake a slight favorite in this game. Bulldogs favored by one and a half while the Panthers welcome in UIC trying to right the ship. After getting beat over the weekend, they're favored by 8.5 in that one. We'll talk MVC hoops with Adam Emenecker, followed up by Bill Seals, breaking down what we saw last night in Hilton Coliseum. Been telling you for weeks, that's where loss number one was going to come from Houston. We got that one, though, hair on fire after the 14-0 start. Bill Seals coming up here at about 12.15. And then it's a Wednesday. That means David Kaplan drops by to talk Chicago sports and a whole lot to talk about with the Chicago Bears. Decision today, Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, is out. Eberflus back for another season and, of course, holding that number one pick. And then we'll wrap things up with my picks of the day presented by Circus Sports. Hope you followed along with me yesterday. A 4-1 and one performance from your boy TC yesterday. And we'll have picks coming up for you at the end of the program. But he is my co-host, and he is Ken Miller as he joins us here from the road, making his way back to Iowa. So you got out of L.A., you're out of Phoenix now. Where are you in the world, Mr. Ken Miller? Uh, about 20 miles outside of Flagstaff. Uh, so climbing the mountain, going way up elevation-wise, surrounded by snow in Arizona. Sounds weird, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's uh, that's where we're at. But it's it's beautiful, Trent. It truly is. The, 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 the views, so scenic, cutting through the mountains and all the pine trees and up and down. Um, it's really, um, you know, pretty country. But... Um, yeah, just weird to see snow in Arizona. Been here so many times to Tucson and then to Phoenix, but just uh, you know, snow in Arizona just doesn't seem right. Some way. <laughs> well, uh, you'll have plenty of snow waiting for you when you get back. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, more coming on Friday. But hey, you got it made. Well, you know, you, you're living in your community. You got your little condo there, and yeah. they do the work for you. There is not yeah. a worse feeling. I still have not broken down. I, I think this is the year. I need a snowblower. I'm, I'm getting too old. The back is, it's yeah. been barking. Feet are cold. I mean, you get back in. But there is not a worse sound after you get everything cleared. You got the driveway. You got the end of the driveway. Everything's good. 
and then you hear that plow go by again and know that you have the end of the driveway. It was brutal. It was terrible. So heavy, so thick. I think the time is now for me to finally break down and get that get that snowblower. Well, that aside, though, you got it made, right? I mean, they do it for you. You're going to come home. You're going to have a clean driveway. It's going to be perfect. Yeah, that's true. But, but remember where I grew up, dude. <laughs> I, I paid my dues. And as the oldest boy, or the oldest kid, uh-huh. um, you know, the, uh, I was the one that was in charge of the shoveling when Dad was at work. And you're you're one thousand percent right. Everything's done, and here comes the snow plow to just plow the end of the driveway, and that's heavy. That's ice. And anyways, you know what it's like. But yeah, it's time for the snow blower, uh, especially at your age, uh, because it's true. A lot of people, you know, guys get out there and they think they're a teenager again, and they're not. Uh-huh. Um, and, and heart attacks set in. Yeah. And I'm sadly, I'm sure that there was some of them, uh, some people stricken uh, in central Iowa with just that, um, you know, trying to clean up after yesterday's storm. And I hear there's another opportunity uh, coming this Friday. So if you get a chance and if there's any still available, get to Menards or get to wherever you're going to uh, see if you can bring one of those home. Well, bringing it home last night was Iowa State as the Cyclones get the win against Houston, a game Kind of played out like you'd anticipate. Two great great defensive teams. Now, the 14 nothing start, yeah. I, I was absolutely baffled. Speaking of that, I was listening to John Walters as I was shoveling uh, during the first half of the game. So that was me and John Walters and Eric Hefta listening to the game and listening to their call nice. on that one. It was a lot of fun, you know, hearing just the start, the way that it played out, how quickly they jumped out to that early lead. The sound of the crowd coming through and then being able to watch the second half, it was it was a thing of beauty. And I know people will continue, and it'll be a shot that's remembered for a really long time. Monchilovich and what he did on that fadeaway sure. into the corner jumper that gave them the lead back. But without Trey King, he had a spurt in that second half. He was the difference to me. Without Trey King, yeah. Iowa State doesn't win this game. No, that's a good point, Trent. He, he did have that, uh, that uh, little uh, period, that block there. In the second, I thought Hassan Ward was really good he as was. well. I mean, you, there's so much credit to go around, right? Lipsy um, shutting down Cryer, him and Gilbert uh, doing their best to limit LJ Cryer, who they knew and they'd seen a hundred times, obviously, at Baylor um, when, when he was there. But Shed was terrific and Snee was terrific. This is a good Houston team. You could tell uh, that this wasn't a, a phony. Uh, second, uh, second ranked team in the country. Mm-hmm. This was a legitimate, uh, second ranked team in the country. And, and it was physical. It was Big 12 play at its best. It was Hilton Coliseum in full throat. Uh, I don't know if it was banged out, but you know that they're a hardy bunch. And if they could get there, they were going to get there and be inconvenienced to do so to follow their squad, uh, because they, they just love it. And, th- and the team relies on the, uh, the home crowd to give them that extra burst when needed. But this was an incredible win last night for Iowa State, who defended the home floor. TJ, uh, he went out of his way a couple of times leading up to that game to make that point uh, loud and clear that we need to protect our home floor. And they did last night in a physical Big 12 basketball game for Schiller on the call. Nice job, by the way, after the, out of the afternoon drive, mm-hmm. getting for Shill on. I'm, I'm guessing that happened. I saw on Twitter that he agreed to do it, so I'm sure that you know he lived up to that, but well done. Um, but, yeah, what a game, and um, so much credit to go around defensively, as you mentioned. And, by the way, you called this weeks ago yeah, that this yeah. was going to happen. 
you thought that Houston would be unbeaten coming into Hilton and that uh, it would be the Cyclones that handed it their first loss. Now, I saw Chris Williams on Twitter. Did, did, um, did Samson not take the loss well? Was he kind of a... You know, a bit of a jerk after the game? Uh, Very short answer. Did you see any of that? I, I did. I saw, I think it was like a three-minute clip. And, yeah, it was very curt, you know, very short yeah. answers. It was uh, It was a guy that took his first loss of the season. Yeah, that's what I kind of chalked up. Now, that's sight unseen to me, but that was my first thought as well, Trent. That, you know, they just got beat. Right, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just got beat for the first time. Um, you know, they were, they were favored in the basketball game, and that didn't sit well with TJ. I saw that quote after the game as well. They did not like being an underdog at home, uh, and they used that to their advantage, a little motivation. But you know, once the ball goes up in the air, that's over with. Uh, but at least uh, uh, they were able to use that prior to. So, yeah, huge win. But I'm with you. I, I thought that, um, you know, sight unseen, that this was probably the case why Samson was, uh, you know, having the attitude problem that he had. Kelvin Sampson's not exactly a shrinking violet, but he's not also a guy that is real demonstrative. I mean, he he was talking about his team. He was frustrated with yeah. his team. You get down 14 nothing. Even when they dug themselves out of it and got it back to, what, four yeah. in the first half, Iowa State responded right at the end of the half and got it back to double digits. And Iowa State had a response every single time that they got back into it. You mentioned Hassan Ward. We heard a little bit about him coming into the season, and I right. I didn't buy it. I was like, Trent, I was with you. We saw this guy last year. He kind of stunk. But then I forgot the angle that he got there, got to campus really late. What was there? Issues with the passport or something like that. There there was something that put him developmentally behind. But boy, watching this guy a year ago, he just wasn't a factor. And okay, well, they got Hassan Ward and you just kind of roll your eyes. Okay, well, we saw him last year and he'll give you, what, three minutes a game? That's no, yeah. This Hassan Ward is a completely right. different guy. He's a stud, and you throw him in there with what they've got, obviously, this season from Robert Jones and Trey King. Uh, that is a yep. three man duo, man in the big positions. There's not many teams that have guys that can do a myriad of different things, and all three of those guys are excellent defensively on top of it. They, they really are. Uh, they really are. Uh, and you have to be if you're going to see the floor with Osselberger. That's, that's his calling card. Yeah, they're going to score more this year, but the defensive end of the floor still means something to him. And I, and I, for one, appreciate that. I mean, sure, 88, you know, 82 games are fun, but, but so are 62, 58. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw a whole lot of those. Uh, but yeah, with Ward and with Jones, and you mentioned the spurt that Trey King had yesterday. I mean, I, I can't pick nits at anybody on the, maybe Curtis Jones a little bit. He's, his shot's going to fall, but he was doing other things out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilbert didn't light it up offensively, but he was more aggressive and he got to the free throw line. And when he did, he made them. And you know what? They all made him, Trent. When you break yeah. this game down, what were they, 18 for 22? Mm-hmm. This is not a team that shoots its free throws, uh, to that level. Normally, night in and night out, that might be as big a difference in the basketball game as anything. They finally made their free throws. It was Robert Jones was hitting his free throws. He had that spurt of, what, four consecutive over a couple-minute stretch there. I believe that was in the first half of the game. The only guy that missed free throws was Taman Lipsy. He missed four of them. He was 5-9 and nine from the foul line. Everybody else was perfect from the charity stripe, and, and those are the things that you're going to have to do. I looked at the updated net rankings that came out today from the NCAA. Houston is still number one in the country. 
country in the net rankings. Iowa State just moves up a spot. I was a little bit surprised by that mm. from number 12 to number 11. But they're in really good shape. We've talked about how you kind of trick the computers, right, with these uh, the efficiency numbers that are in there. Not only playing the bad teams, but blowing those bad teams out, it's going to help out a yep. ton. But this is a quality win on the resume, even at home. Yeah, you got to pile up some wins on the road also to move up there and get you know a top four or five seed, something like that in the NCAA tournament. But the path is there, and the quality of competition is going to be there. There's a realistic chance that you know there's going to be a team for the Big 12 this year that it goes 10 and 8. And it's still a top four seed. That's how strong this league is. And those 10 victories that you're going to have are going to be so good. And the eight losses yeah. that you might have on top of it, they're all going to be quad one losses. I mean, you're going to have yeah. a record like 11 and 8 in quad one. That's going to be good enough to have a top four seed and maybe be protect, uh, protected when it comes to the NCAA tournament as a term, as it pertains to what location you go to in the first and second round. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch out, and I'm in no hurry to let it play out either. I, this, this is so much fun, this league, uh, to watch it, but you put your 1,000% right. Uh, this team looks as though they, you know, we wondered, right? We had the question. We thought that they were good. Then we saw them in Orlando play teams with pulses, and it didn't go well mm-hmm. for them. But Pavelski, that was maybe, um, you know, the one takeaway from Orlando was, uh, was Pavelski for the first time as a Cyclone, you could see something there uh, if you're trying to find a positive from that three-game stretch. Um, and then they just were starting, they were blowing everybody out. So that was a question that you and I had leading up to Christmas, the week following Christmas, when the conversation would turn to Iowa State basketball. Well, we think they're good, but we really don't know. Well, they just beat the number 2 team in the country. I have a feeling uh, that they are pretty darn good. Uh, no doubt about it. Oklahoma State up next for the Cyclones. They are projected to be a 13-point favorite at that one in Hilton. And then a two-game road trip going all the way out to BYU next Tuesday. And then they go to TCU on Saturday. So a couple of tough ones there. Uh, Ken Palm hasn't projected a five-point dog against BYU, a one-point underdog against TCU. It's going to be a slog all season long here in the Big 12. But great victory last night. Great environment, even with the snow. And those Cyclone yep. fans, they always find a way, don't they? Yeah, they really do. Hats off to them. Hats off to them. They love their basketball, both men's and women's, because mm-hmm. they've been packing it for Fennelly for, for years as well. But uh, Hilton Magic needed it last night, and the fan base was uh, behind him as we knew that they would be. And one and one in conference, the Cowboys come to town, win that one. All of a sudden, BYU on the road, maybe not quite as daunting mm-hmm. as we thought. We'll see it play out. There's going to be some tough nights in that conference, though, as we know, especially on the road. A couple of other topics I want to hit with you here. Ken joining us from the road, and I want to start with my team, the Chicago Bears. I know I'm a Bears fan, but we've been doing this for a long time together. You know, if the Bears aren't good, I'm fine not talking about them. I'm not somebody that's just going to try to wedge them in there because it's my team or anything like that. They stink. They stunk for a long time. It's a frustrating organization. But this offseason is as compelling uh, as anything we've seen in the NFL. Today it was announced their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, is out. Yep. Iberflus is back for another season, holding the number one pick. Fields, what do you do there? What can you get in return if you make the decision to move on? What do you do now at the offensive coordinator spot? And what kind of guy are you looking to bring in? Just so many storylines, so much intrigue with this one. Where are you right now as the news comes down, Getze is gone? Trent, um, I, I really haven't changed my opinion that this is going to be so much fun from where we sit with one of our regional teams. I mean, they're, they're going to, we, we're going to be able to talk NFL football 
uh, and not have to be to reach for topics, you know, when we want to inject the NFL. I look at, I think they have to move on from fields. I truly believe that. You reset the rookie cap, or the clock rather, which is good. Fields is, he's okay. He's yeah. okay. But has Caleb Williams got a chance to be better? I, I do. Uh, and I don't know how you can pass on a quarterback with the number one pick a couple of years in back-to-back years, um, you have to go out of your way. I mean, you gave Fields every opportunity uh, to prove that he's the guy. He certainly had his moments, um, but I, but I, but I think you can you can get better. Uh, and, and then you throw in the offensive coordinator. That search going to be so much fun with the Vikings. What are they going to do with their quarterback? Do they re-sign Cousins? Are they in the quarterback market when it comes to the draft? Is Cousins a short-term and uh, before they turn the reins over to whoever that young quarterback is that they draft? We're in a great spot, Trent, as, uh, as far as the regional action uh, from where we are um, being able to talk about and, and, and legitimately talk about NFL football leading up to April's draft. The thing that is frustrating for what we do, we have opinions on things, right? We have opinions. You kind of dig your heels we in. Better. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. With this Bears situation, I can be swayed every way. I don't have a strong opinion. I like Caleb Williams. I really do. I, I think I might like him more than a lot of people out there. I'm a Caleb Williams fan, but Justin Fields, you've seen just enough to think that maybe there's even more that can be yeah. unlocked and, and the potential that is there. And with the right offensive coordinator, suddenly maybe this is something that really can work. And he can be a guy that not only can get you to the playoffs, but there can be more that's untapped with Justin Fields. It's so difficult because we're supposed to have takes. We're supposed to have opinion. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other what they can do. And maybe that's why this is also compelling to me, just because I want to hear from a tough bunch of different people and, and get everybody else's opinions on it and see if it can make me lean one way or the other. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The one opinion that I do have is, is our friend Jeff Hughes. I think he's being played by, by the Chicago. I know he's got good sources, Trent. Mm-hmm. I do. And yes, we're aware that he doesn't live in Chicago anymore. He's in New York, but he was well-sourced prior to that. I think that they're playing him a little bit because he tweeted that, uh, that there's nothing definitive about the Bears moving on from Fields. They're happy to stay with Fields and, and have him compete if they do take a quarterback at one, well, they're just trying to drive up the bargaining price, right? Mm-hmm. They want leverage. If some, if there is a team out there that say, I don't know, in the upper teens that want a quarterback but don't have the capital to move up uh, into the spot where they can get one of those young guys, maybe that I think they're trying to drive the price up that the Bears would be able to get for fields. I think it's untenable. I do to have two young quarterbacks. Cousins and a rookie, on the other hand, that would be... Well, we've seen that, right? We've mm-hmm. seen Favre to Rodgers, Rodgers to Love, you know, that waiting period. That's kind of the norm. But, man, I don't know how you can have two quarterbacks, um, still relatively young quarterbacks, competing with each other. I think Fields is gone. I'm right there with you. Three uh, open jobs that would make sense right now for Jim Harbaugh, Washington, in Vegas with the Raiders, and, of course, the Chargers with Justin Herbert already there. I do wonder, did the Bears, did Kevin Warren, did the rest of the brass, did they make the phone call at minimum to Harbaugh's agent? We're told Mm. he's not interested. There had to be some conversation piece there, though, right? I mean, that's got to be everybody top of your wish list right now. I know Belichick could be out there. You have that angle, too. Is Vrabel going back to New England? A lot going on there, but at minimum, the Bears had to have a phone call, a conversation, at least with the agent, right? 
Yeah, I would think. Now, you you would know this better than I. Uh, what, what, is there any baggage between Kevin Warren and Jim Harbaugh when, when Warren was running the shop at the Big Ten? I don't know. You, you, you think about the opt-outs that they had at the end of the season, not playing not just Iowa, not playing yeah. Ohio State. Right. Yeah, that's, right. that's an interesting one. I, I hadn't thought of that, but as you bring it up, there could be something there. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, that's the only thing that... Um, yeah, because you, Harbaugh played there for quite a while. So that would make some sense. I still think he's going to the AFC West. I know Michigan's going to try and do their darndest to, to keep him. Um, we'll see if that's enough. We'll see. I mean, there, I don't think the NCAA, if there is such a thing, you know, once they get around to uh, taking another look at, uh, at at Michigan and the uh, and the season, the offseason, the cheating scandals they had, is that water under the bridge at this point? Um We'll see. Um, but if there is a time to jump for Harbaugh, I would think it would be now. But Michigan's going to make it very difficult for him to do that. Last thing for you, uh, not only Houston going down last night at the hands of Iowa State, Purdue goes down against Nebraska. We'll see the Huskers coming in to Carver-Hawkeye on Friday night. I watched a lot of the game. It was on Peacock last night. It was a whole. It was that shooting variance. We talk about that a ton when we get to the NBA playoffs. And if a team's making their threes, they're going to win. That's all I looked at last night. Nebraska was ridiculous last night. I think 13 to 24 from three in that building. Even Purdue can't overcome that. No, and, and Lawyer and Mass did not have good shooting nights, and they held ED pretty much in check. Uh, look, I think Nebraska's good. Yeah. I'm not saying they're Purdue good. I, I think that they're on that next tier, maybe on that next tier of Big Ten teams. Tominaga can fill it up. Williams is a nice player. Ryan Smash, the transfer from the Valley. Even little Hober, Hoiberg. Uh, he was making his shots, and there's another guard. It starts with a W. Thing. Wiltshire. Wiltshire, thank yeah. you. Yeah, he was really good last night, uh, and he's good a lot of nights. So he's Hoiberg's got some players, uh, but but this isn't. I mean, this isn't a you know one of the uh, a Big Ten team that you're just shaking at your boots when they're coming into mm-hmm. their building. But I was got a chance to prove something. You know, build on that last win. You know, make it two in a row. Um, We'll see if they can do that. Nebraska's a pretty good basketball team. Hoiberg's finally got this team playing at a level where Husker fans wanted him to. And, and hey, with as well as they played, you've got another excuse to reach out to our buddy Sip and have him on sometime. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Maybe we'll do that one for tomorrow. Not a bad one to put in the Rolodex. Ken, safe travels home. to. So what's the rest of the road trip today? What do you got in front of you? And uh, Yep, staying the night in Albuquerque, okay. and then a long a long one tomorrow, uh, Albuquerque to Edmond, Oklahoma, which is just outside Oklahoma City, through Texas and Abilene, um, trying to just you know, avoid as much snow as we possibly can before we turn north, wake up on uh, Friday morning in Edmond, and uh, head north. And, and so when's the snow supposed to start, Trent? Is it supposed to come Thursday overnight and then taper off throughout the day Friday? That's what I'm trying to you know, figure out and to plan around. So, you know? look, yeah, looking at the the forecast for Thursday, uh, Thursday evening, Thursday night, chance of snow 90%. Doesn't say what time it's supposed to start at this point, but it is Friday evening. Yeah, uh, it's Thursday evening, excuse me, into Friday when we're going to be getting that. One to three inches of snow anticipated on Friday during the day and uh, more snow coming in the night. Large gusts of winds on top of it. Get excited yeah, for that. Hey, well. you got that big rig, though. You'll be fine. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, pushing home, looking forward to it. Not looking forward to what we're coming into, but uh, 
part of it, right? It's January and Iowa. It's winter. Yeah, absolutely. Safe travels, Ken. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. All right, brother. Have fun. Ken Miller joining us on the road, making his way and through the mountains. And how about that? The cell stayed the whole time. Got to like that. Let's get to the phone lines. We got one lined up right now. Jeff wants to check in. Talk some cyclones with it after the win last night. What's happening, Jeff? And how are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. Uh, let's just give a couple uh, fun facts real quick if uh, people turned away last night late. Uh, Iowa State has the most top ten wins in the last two seasons in the NCAA. Number two, they are third with top 25 wins in the last decade. Let that soak in. Iowa State's not a blue blood. Iowa's not a homegrown, you know, getting kit. Well, I guess Omaha. Five right. But that's another story another day. But. Uh, to get those wins, not just at home, but on the road, is remarkable. And what TJ's done to where they were three years ago with Steve Prohm is, is just it's, – it's remarkable. Yeah. Let's get to the, the game in hand. They get off to a great start. You knew Houston was going to fight back. Great coach. A great guard play. Um, it was refreshing to see the trap on both teams um, really lock it up one side when the ball's you know, kind of on the short corner or – you know, up by the uh, sideline, traps come in uh, very quickly. It was fun to watch. Um, I don't know. If I might have missed you, but let's talk about uh, Matsilovich. Um, you know, the shot he had, you know, I, I, let's, again, let's stop talking about Larry Bird. Um, <laughs> what, what, was it, you know, that one foot fadeaway? Is it a Dirk Nowitzki shot? Yep. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Let, I don't want to compare him to Dirk, but that little fall away off one foot is crucial. And let's, and, you know, let's bring this up. You know, coaches want to scheme players to where they play best. Why don't we get Montsilovich in the high post and let him do that one foot fade away more? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you watch him, I like him a lot. He cannot put the ball down on the court. Right. He might have a one, a one, two dribble pull up. Now that's mm-hmm. fine, but he can't shake you and get to the rack. So let's get him where he can succeed because we need more than 11. And here's my question to you, Trent. And it's scary. You talk about shooting threes in the tournament, which apparently Mm -hmm. they still can't do um, at a high clip. Three of 15 last night, yeah. Okay. Um, Down the stretch, who's their go-to? Because I'm going to say if it's Lipsy, that's not him. Mm -hmm. That's not him. Now, he can can create, and he has a little shake to get to the hoop, but that's not his game. And if they can't get the ball to Montsilovich, who is the guy down the stretch that can get Iowa State to win Another big game. Trent, it's good to hear from you. Have a good day. I appreciate it, Jeff, and it's a really good question when we get to that, and there's going to be a lot of tight games down the stretch. You saw Monchilovich got the opportunity last night in a big one with that baseline into the corner fadeaway that he had. You would think the other guy would be Keyshawn Gilbert, right? That Gilbert would be that guy. Hasn't had it lately. Struggled uh, against Oklahoma. Not great last night again, at least offensively. 208 from the floor. Had four assists with three turnovers in the game. Gilbert would probably be the guy, but I, I think you're onto something here, Jeff. When you kind of look forward and at building that game plan, getting more for Monchilovic, doing more for him because he is such a skilled shooter. He is such a skilled offensive player, I think that's the guy that you're kind of building around it in those late-game situations. Yeah, of course, you can have Taman Lipsy off the bounce. You don't want him shooting a ton from the outside, though he's markably improved from a year ago. We're still not talking about an elite shooter. That's the guy I think you're looking at. It is a whole lot more drawing up the plays, getting the ball in the right spots for Minchilovich. I think that's the direction you can go. Gilbert will be there. 
And there's going to be moments, and there's going to be opportunities for him, I think, down the stretch to win games for this Iowa State team. But I think a really interesting point to see what TJ does, the way that he puts it together, and how he gets that team ready to come up with the big plays, offensively at least, late in games. Time right now for the $1,000 swoosh. NDKXNO.com right now and enter the nationwide contest. The keyword for this hour is money. Money for your chance to win $1,000 at KXNO.com. Again, money at KXNO.com. Standard data and message rates apply. Stay tuned. We got another chance for you coming up here on Miller & Con. We had a winner last time we had a contest here on Miller & Con. Let's make it two in a row. Money, KXNO.com, your chance to win $1,000. Quick timeout when we come back on the other side. The conversation looks back in a look forward in college football. New look in the Big Ten, the SEC, the Pac-12, no more. What is the future of college football, and what did Bill Bender see as he was in Houston for the national championship game? That's as we continue. This is Miller and Condon. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 106.3, bets off. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-Saving.com. Condon continues 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon with you today. Let's get back out to the BMW Des Moines guest list. Bill Bender was in Houston for the national championship. He is back home in Ohio. A lot of off-season conversations in front of us. But, Bill, before we get into that, time to take a look back at what you saw in Houston. It was an interesting game. The early start looked like I mentioned yesterday Felt like maybe we're going to be looking at the Alabama-Notre Dame National Championship game from 8-10 years ago. But then Washington was able to hang around. And until the fourth quarter, Michigan couldn't deliver the knockout blow. Ultimately, they did. But your takeaway from what you saw, and got to be good to be back home now, right? Yeah, it feels good to be home. Um, that was a fun game, fun time, always fun. You know, college football playoffs, they treat us so well at these things. Mm. So uh, I, it was an exciting game. I thought Michigan, you know, just got the job done. I mean, there's no way around it. They uh, they, they played really well in the, when it mattered. Like you said, Washington did a good job of hanging around. But uh, 
it, it was just one of those deals where you had a feeling that it took once they hit that pass to Colston Loveland and got up by 10 and fourth, I think that was kind of the sigh of relief for them that they were going to actually do this thing. They win the national championship undefeated 15 and oh, they had the path through the SEC champion Alabama. Uh, people talk about Georgia. Look, they had their opportunity, and they missed, and they lost. And and that's the way that this thing plays out. Michigan is a true champion, but there is all the other things that have happened inside the program, from the recruiting violations to, obviously, the sign-stealing investigation that was happening there. How big of a deal will that be in the future? When we look back at this program, I mean, is that going to be a big conversation piece, or do you believe that'll be something that dissipates throughout the years? Oh, it'll always be part of the story. There's no way it can't be because, I mean, when you have a coach in six games, um, that's pretty significant. And I, I don't want to – I'm not going to do the Astros thing. Some people might. Uh, I won't. I mean, I know what I watched. I think the, the thing that sticks with me, Trent, is that you kind of feel like, well, why did they do it? They didn't really have to. The mm-hmm. team was awesome. They had – you know, they're going to have the most players drafted in the upcoming draft. They, this was Jim Harbaugh's best creation on the field with all the senior leaders. But unfortunately, you know, and he was asked afterward, the players were asked about the adversity. And I don't know if you caught that one. That was the first time where he kind of came out and said, we're innocent. I found that one very telling. I think it's also telling that he knows he's not going to have to answer to it, right? <laughs> that that he is off to the NFL. Do you see? Do you see a path for him to return to Michigan? I can make a lightweight case for him to come back to the college football based on the simple – it's what he wants, one, and then two, um, is that what he wants and the job security with coming back to Michigan. I mean, Lloyd Carr coached 10 years after he won a national title. I think 11, actually. Mm. You could get fired in the NFL in eight weeks. Yeah. You could. I mean, I don't think he would, and mm. I don't think the Chargers or the Raiders or whoever inevitably picks him up. And, I, and I, I'm with you, Trent. I think – I think this is the time where he actually goes to the NFL. Another intriguing part, talked about this one yesterday, Bill, and I want to get your thoughts on it, the way this program was built. I mean, a lot of six-year seniors, not going to have that opportunity going forward, but roster building in today's day and age. For the past 15 years, it's been about just accumulating all the five and four- and five-star talent you can have. This was different. Michigan, though they recruited well, not at the elite level of the Georgias and the Alabamas and even the Clemsons of the world. It's a different way to build a team. Is this sustainable, or was this just a one-off with, what was it, nine, six-year seniors on this roster here without the COVID years as they dissipate and go away? Is this a new way to build a roster? Can other programs try to emulate this blueprint? I think they do a good job of recruiting, retaining, developing. Their development often. And uh, using the portal to, like, Fill in the pieces. You know, a lot of their portal guys are, are great additions. Ernest Hausman, you know, Nugent on the offensive line. This year they get the Maryland linebacker and a Northwestern tackle, and they'll play. They, Like you said, they don't get a lot of five-star guys, but the ones they have, J.J. McCarthy and Will Johnson, were on the podium after the game. So they're doing a good job with those guys, too. And just the – he doesn't – you know what? One of the, my favorite things about Harbaugh, he doesn't use the word culture a lot. I've never heard it come out of his mouth. So when, when you have the coaches that say, oh, we have this culture and this and that, sometimes to me it's like they're trying to sell something that isn't there. Mm-hmm. You can feel it with Michigan and the way that they played. 
Yeah, it doesn't feel like lip service, there's no doubt about it. Well, because of all those six-year guys and a whole lot of others of Michigan, going to be looking at somewhat of a rebuild next season. Looking forward to next year. I think most everybody has Georgia preseason number one. I didn't see, Bill, did you come out with the preseason way too early, top 25 after the game? Yeah, of course. We do one like everybody else. Yeah. Mine's, uh, and mine's got throwing darts just like everybody else does. And, you know, one of the funny, dirty little secrets of this is when me and some of those other guys that do those are sitting around at these college football playoff hospitality rooms. We bounce ideas off each other. And mm-hmm. it's almost like, hey, where do you have them? And, uh, you know, so I did a little bit of that. They're, they're fun to do. So, Georgia, I mean, is is it clear-cut, the Bulldogs, that the gap between them and everybody else should be pretty significant? Not just quarterback coming back and Carson Beck, but also a little bit of little bit of hunger after falling short this year, losing to Alabama in the championship game. I mean, how significant do you think the gap is between Georgia and everybody else? Not, not significant, but they'll be ranked number one. I think Alabama's going to have a ton of talent in back. Ohio State with Quinshot Judkins and what they're bringing back is going to be pretty good as well. So um, those are the teams that normally make this list every year. And we'll be, you know, Michigan's got a lot of unanswered questions. I think Oregon's built to compete. What you'll see in these early 25s, though, and Texas, there's another team, Trent, is uh, so many SEC and Big Ten teams. Yeah. And to, ours had a ton of SEC and Big Ten teams in it. And I don't. I didn't have a group of five team in my top 25. Hmm. I feel bad about it because I think those are the gaps that are going to grow. Makes a whole lot of sense, and we certainly saw that in the Fiesta Bowl with Liberty, the undefeated champion, getting run off. Now, if it was SMU, it could have been a little bit different, but the reality is I think you're right. I think that gap might be growing a whole lot more going forward. One team I did not see in your way too early top 25 is the Iowa Hawkeyes, as I'm scrolling through here. Saw them in a few different places. They get the return of eight of their 11 starters from a year ago. I guess your question's probably like most everybody else, right? How are they going to fix this offense? Well, how are you going to fix that offense in a a conference that just added a bunch of offense? USC and uh, Oregon and Washington. Hey, you're the second radio hit today to uh, shame me for not putting the Hawkeyes in there, but they were close, right? Like I have them right in that discussion with the SM. You can you want to say, hey, Iowa should be in the top 25 over SMU. Trent, I won't put up on much yeah. of a fight. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. They do need to show some things on offense and those kind of things. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I, I had a lengthy discussion with some of the writers there about that Iowa defense and their style and, and how we think it might translate with these other teams coming into the Pac-12, or Pac-12, the Big Ten. The Pac-12 will not be around next year. I do know that. <laughs> we, we do know that. It is going to be completely different, and it's going to be so intriguing with the 12-team playoff, what it's going to look like, and the real possibility. Speaking of the SEC and the Big Ten, team could go 9-3 and three and still maybe sneak in the back door of the college football playoff. I mean, that's a real possibility, and for college football that still has a lot of stodgy, old-timey kind of groupthink that seems to infiltrate its way in there, we have to relook the way that we look at things and strength the schedule. It comes up from time to time, but it is certainly not something we hear in March come NCAA tournament time. It's not a big conversation piece or as big as it is. I have a feeling that's going to change, and it's probably going to change with both the SEC and the Big Ten fans, how important strength the schedule now is. Well, I'm curious to see what the, the ultimate loss total that gets in the playoff is. You know, you could make probably a case for a four-loss case. But will I, I guess my better way of putting it, will a four-loss team make the playoff? I think we'll see three-loss teams in the playoff, no question. 
because of that strength of schedule. And, you know, you look at all these schedules where they're playing everybody now. Like mm-hmm. Alabama and Michigan have heavy hitter schedules. And the other impact might be what does the non-conference schedule look like? Um, that, that kind of thing. So definitely curious to see how that goes. How difficult with it being sight unseen, right? How difficult is it going to be for the ACC and the Big 12 to get multiple teams in? We know their champions will be there. How difficult, though, as we talk about the power of the SEC and the Big 10 for even a second team to get in? Because likely that second team will have a loss in the conference championship game, even at, save it, 11-2. and two. How tough do you think it's going to be for the ACC and the Big 12? You know, very tough. They they definitely uh, are are going to struggle to have a second and third. No, no chance on three, Trent. Right? Yeah, There's no way. Mm-hmm. I, I you look at our top twenty-five. Like I, I have Arizona picked to win the Big Twelve. Then you're like, maybe they get one more after that. ACC, same deal. I just think the highest percentage will be the Big Ten and the SEC, and then that's going to create some more uneasiness. You know, I, I'm one of these guys. I, as much as I'm excited about the twelve-team playoff. I'm really hesitant because we are moving forward without the Pac-12. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's going to be healthy to try to push the Big 12 and ACC out next because of this playoff and all of the you know, things like that. I like the regionality of college football, as I'm sure you are. Mm-hmm. Like who, who is looking forward to Iowa-UCLA at noon? Not a non-conference game. I'm guessing not a lot of people where you're at. Now, if it's at the Rose Bowl and I get to make a road trip out there, that makes it a little better. Yeah, maybe if it's late in the season, so you don't have to put up with... I mean, I left here, I got off my plane yesterday, Trent, and I'm like, oh, I forgot what snow and rain feels like. I hate it. Um, you know, so yeah, I'll feel you on that one. That's a good one. Well, Bill, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be talking a whole lot, as we always do, throughout the off season. Appreciate everything that you do for us, basically weekly, uh, throughout the course of the college football season, and certainly... A whole bunch in the off season. Appreciate the time. Enjoy a little bit of downtime, but it's college football. It never sleeps. It doesn't, but that's why I enjoy doing what I'm doing. So thanks so much for having me, and I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, that's Bill Bender joining us as he does throughout the college football season. Find his work on the Sporting News. Does a great job there at his way too early. Top 25 is out. Georgia at number one. Alabama number two. Texas three. Michigan four. Oregon, Ohio State, Ole Miss. Still not got to anybody, not in the SEC or the Big Ten. There's Notre Dame, an independent. Washington at nine. And there's Florida State, the top of the ACC at number 10. Arizona, the top of the new Big 12 at number 11. That is Bill Bender's way too early top 25. Quick timeout when we come back. Time to hear from the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He is Mitch Holtis, who will join us a hit on what we anticipate we are going to see on Saturday night. Peacock has it. That's right. That will not be on WHO 13. You will not be able to see it there. You do have to have a subscription to Peacock in order to watch the game Chiefs and Dolphins. Mitch Holtis joins. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This next, we continue. Miller and Condon. Sipping Bees Extra. Miller and Condon continues 106.3 KXO. We take you up until 1 o'clock this afternoon. Murph and Andy coming away after that, followed up by the drive with Heather and Sean. Throughout the course of the football season, we get an opportunity to talk to the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Now, a little bit of a change here today as Mitch has his weekly interview that he gets to do with Coach Reed scheduled for this time. Normally, it's on Thursday. Had to move it up to Wednesday during our time because of the Saturday game in the playoffs with the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Let's hear, though, Mitch was able to send us along a piece talking about the run game as the Chiefs and the Dolphins collide on Saturday night. Good morning, Ken and Trent. All of the drama of the 18-week NFL regular season now goes to warp speed. It's playoff time. And this Saturday night, the Chiefs will play their 42nd playoff game in franchise history, but remarkably, their 15th postseason game in the past six seasons. The Chiefs will host the explosive Miami Dolphins and former Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill. The Dolphins will make their first postseason visit to Kansas City since the famous 1971 game that was the longest pro football game ever played. I could give you stats, trends, rankings, but really the conditions for Saturday night's game take center stage. It could be the coldest playoff game in Chiefs history. The coldest, 1995. A 10-7 upset engineered by Colts quarterback Jim Harbaugh with the high temperature 11 degrees and sub-zero wind chills. The conditions put a priority on the running game. Now The Dolphins have a big play run game with Raheem Mostert and rookie speedster Devon Achan. But the Chiefs have Isaiah Pacheco, who registered 263 all-purpose yards last year in the playoffs and fueled the run to the Lombardi Trophy. The one they call Pop is rested and ready to be front and center. Next man up mentality, um, and that's something that Coach always says uh, in the RB room. We, we've been through adversity in the RB room uh, with Jet, with me having surgery. Uh, Jet having to step up, then now Jet's down. So adversity in the room, man, and understand that is the next man up. And when uh, the team needs you in, in, in a play or, or, or drive, uh, whatever it is, uh, maybe a, a big block. I'm um, just understanding that the, the protection uh, is key and, and knowing that uh, – Take it day, play by play, day by day, and maybe uh, when when you, the team needs you in big moments, uh, you you'll pull pull it out because you've been prepared uh, to do the job. And that's exactly what Pacheco did last year, especially in Super Bowl 57. This year, Pacheco could be even better equipped to help as he's grown in the short passing game in addition to his hard running style. So with frigid conditions Saturday night and a beaten up Dolphin defense, it just might be Pacheco time. I do know it's Papa John's time. Yep, Matt Donaldson and Tom and the rest of the Papa John's crew have got a special ready for you. Playoff football all weekend long, starting Saturday all the way through Monday night, big college basketball games. 
Get this, a cheesy calzone, epic stuffed crust pizza, just $14.99. Go to papajohns.com and make your playoffs special. Reporting from Kansas City, I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. Again, that is exclusively on Peacock. There will be no television for that one, at least as we know it. Over-the-air television, WHO 13 will not have the rights to that one. They will have the rights to Game 1 of the playoffs on Saturday with the Browns and the Texans. In fact, uh, if you're an owner of a sports bar, you have a restaurant, whatever it is, and you guys do have Peacock available that is something, yes, that costs extra, unfortunately, to the restaurant. Going to have to pay for that, too. But if you're not willing to shell out to get Peacock, you don't want to do it, you don't have streaming, you don't want to do streaming, whatever it is, um, we'll try to pass along a list here throughout the course of the week of some of the sports bars and restaurants that are going to have the game with the Chiefs and the Dolphins coming up on Saturday night. I know it's going to be a huge game, huge conversation, a lot of fun. Tyreek Hill returning back to Kansas City. Got that storyline in it. Can this Chiefs team figure it out offensively after what has been a big slog for them compared to what we're used to certainly recently? Big game, and we'll pass that along. Uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter, at Trent Condon. You can uh, hit me that way, or just send me an email, trentcondon at gmail.com. Let me know if you're a bar or restaurant, and I'll pass it along to all of our great listeners out there because I know there's going to be a lot of people trying to find that game. One hour down, one more to go. We kick off our number two Talking some basketball. We'll start with Adam Emenecker. Look at the MVC. Monster matchup tonight for the Drake Bulldogs as they get Indiana State coming to town, the last remaining undefeated in the Missouri Valley. You and I also in action tonight against UIC. We'll talk a little bit about that with Adam Emenecker. Bill Seals recapping what we saw last night in Hilton, the win for the Cyclones over Houston. And David Kaplan all coming up. Hour two next 